Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Thursday and happy to be Shvat. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Hashivah, 
אילן אילן קשה לומר שאני לא מקנא פירותיך מתוקים צילך נאה אמת המים עוברת תחתיך אילן אילן אתה הסמל לשלמות כל דבר בך מושלם הכל עם משמעות רק תגלה לי מה הסוד שלך ואתה אומר לי תבקש על הבנים ובדרך גם אתה תזכה שיהיו מתוקים כמותך שיהיה צילם נאה ויחסה גם אותך אמת המים תעבור ותשקה גם אותך גם את שלך אילן אילן מגלה שהכל בחיים הגיע לנו מנתינה לאחרים מה שניתן ונעניק יהיה שלנו לעד אילן אילן מספר שבשביל שלמות צריך לתת הרבה אור וחמימות כי הטוב רק מחכה פה בצד שמה שיבוא יש לנו גב. השורשים שצימחנו, השעות הקטנות, לילות לבנים ואין ספור דאגות. כל מה שרצינו, בכינו, כל מה שהתפללנו, אמרנו, ביקשנו. עכשיו הם עומדים לידינו, מחזיקים וסומכים את ידינו. אתה אומר לי... שיהיה צילם נאה ויחסה גם אותך
ואשיב אמיני מרצה אורך איתה ותימר ארץ זית ותנים ורימון וגם תימר הזהב שירו לך רמים בנות שוות במחולות ובשירה אדירה ענבים ואהבות אסוף ושפע כל נערה ארץ בשיב אמיני מרצה אורך איתה ותימר ארץ זית ותנים ורימון וגם תימר הזהב שירו תחת עץ התאנה לבונה ומור ותות הזהב את עינך מאמינה הוא רוצה אותך בדבש וחלב ארץ בשיב אמיני מרצה אורך איתה ותימר ארץ זית ותנים ורימון וגם תימר הזהב שירו שיר שיר הרימון מסמיק קלצת פניו ראינו למרחוב איך ליבנו מתנפץ הלימון שחוט ופי חמתו שיב אמיני מרצה אורך איתה ותימר ארץ זית ותנים ורימון וגם תימר הזהב שירו מן הזית שוב נלמד לעשות תורה וגם אהבה התמר תושיט שויה ותבעיר בנפש אש להבה ארץ בשיב אמיני מרצה אורך איתה ותימר ארץ זית ותנים ורימון וגם תימר הזהב שירו הפירות על השולחן שיבולים בתוך סלי נצרים אם הגענו עד לכאן עוד נאכל ועד מאה ועשרים ארץ בשיב אמיני מרצה אורך איתה ותימן ארץ זית ותנים ורימון וגם תימן חזב שירו שיר שיר JM in the AM וקולות with ארץ שיבת המינים Avrami had Elon, Yidl had Elon, Eitz Chaim done by Mayor Sherman, Eitan Freilich, and Sandy Shmueli. Kach Olchim, Tu Bishvat, and Hashkedia Porachat, of course, traditional Tu Bishvat tunes, and Regesh with Modani opening things up, and we say good morning. Hey, everybody, guess what? It's Tu Bishvat. That's right. Today is the 25th day of January. Today is day number 15 in the month of Shvat. We know it as Tu Bishvat, the new year of the trees. Yet another day that we get to connect with the Holy Land. Uh, there was a time when access to the Holy Land was very, very limited. Those in Chutzlaretz used the opportunity of Tu Bishvat to connect to the Holy Land, to um, eat dried fruit that came from the Holy Land, and uh, to remember our incredible connection to the Holy Land on this Tu Bishvat. It's the 15th day in the Hebrew month of Shvat. The first of Nisan is known as the New Year for kings and festivals. The first of Elul is known for the New Year for the tithe of cattle. The first of Tishrei, 
is known as the new year for years, for years, meaning calculating the calendar, sabbatical years, planting, etc. The first of Shvat is the new year for the trees, according to the school of Shammai, but according to the school of Hillel, Beit Hillel, the 15th of Shvat is the new year for the trees. And therefore, that became the date for calculating the beginning of the agricultural cycle for the purpose of biblical tithes. And we end up with this demarcation, with this calendaric, um, with this calendaric uh, declaration, and it becomes this incredible holiday where we get to celebrate the land of Israel. In, in contemporary Israel, according to Wikipedia, today, Tubishvat is celebrated as an ecological awareness day. Trees are planted in celebration. And we've already gotten the report. I'm sure many of you have seen this already. That uh, specifically this year, now in the 2024, now in 5784, because of the destruction that took place on October the 7th, Tubishvat has become a platform for honoring the memory of those who were taken from us on that day. They'll be planting two, or they are planting 200 eucalyptus trees at the site of the Nova Music Festival massacre. They are, uh, there is a campaign underway to plant 12,000 fruit trees in Kibbutz Nachal Oz, a community devastated by Hamas atrocities. All this showcasing a commitment for healing and renewal. After all, everybody, as we know, there's something about our people. Renewal, resilience, commitment to the future, healing, moving on as best as possible with the tremendous burden of the memories of so many episodes in our history with us, including what happened just now a little over three months ago. So it's happy to Bishvat today and in a very difficult week in Israel. It's another one of those days with mixed feelings, another one of those weeks with very mixed feelings. As we pray for our hostages and we pray for the soldiers that are on the front lines, we pray for those who are going into dangerous situations on a constant basis. At the same time, we celebrate. We celebrate the renewal of um, the season. We celebrate uh, the birthday of the trees. We celebrate our land of Israel. We connect with the land of Israel. I know there are a lot of schools that are not in session today. I know there are a lot of schools not in session today. It's a, it's a calendaric quirk that there's no school today on Tu B'Shvat for many kids. But for those of you that are in school today, it's amazing how so many wonderful teachers use the opportunity to help their students connect to the Holy Land with a Tu B'Shvat celebration, a Tu B'Shvat Seder. Uh, which we did on the air one year, a, a Tubishvat awareness session where people become aware of what the uh, land of Israel means to us. And especially this year, as we feel so much more connected to the land, the state, and the people of Israel, let us celebrate this Tubishvat. Let us eat the uh, delicious dried fruit from Israel. Hopefully it's coming from Israel, I hope. <laughs> We've We've spoken about that over the years many times, how often it doesn't come from Israel. Uh, <laughs> uh, Avrami, by the way, speaking of fruit, Avrami is trying to um, find favor with uh, the head of this network. I am I am calling Avrami out publicly 
Um, he's in Beit Shemesh celebrating Tu B'Shvat. And he writes the following. Now, he, Avrami may forget that in the, in the well-known Buxer Arena, yeah, that's pretty funny, Buxer, Buxer, in the well-known Buxer Arena of JM and the AM, I am one of the proponents of Buxer. I am somebody who over the years has gone ahead and uh, declared how important it is. In fact, I am furious at myself for leaving the Buxer in our kitchen this morning. I can't believe I forgot to slip it along. Very upset about that. I've already uh, told Mrs. Stacy Siegel how, how I'm kicking myself for forgetting the Buxer in the house. How's that possible on Tubishvat morning? I was out late last night, and I guess I just got completely flustered. I got Buxer flustered. Anyway, so Avrami, I don't know, maybe he felt I was on the other side of the issue. Maybe he thought I was the anti-Buxer. But I am, in fact, the pro-Buxer. And he writes to me as follows at 626 Eastern Time this morning. He says, apparently, when one eats carob in its fresh state, it isn't terrible. Avrami, you're speaking to somebody who does not insist on eating it in its fresh state. As far as I'm concerned, Buxer can be hard as a rock, and it's enjoyable on Tubishvat. The same way we eat latkes on Hanukkah and latkes and sufganiyot on Hanukkah and hamantashen on Purim. When you eat Buxer on Tubishvat, it is delicious. Delicious. Even if it's hard as a rock. So, of course, if it's in a fresh state, it's going to be spectacular. It's not going to be passable. It's not going to be, uh, what does he say? It isn't terrible. It's not going to be not terrible. It's going to be superb. Uh, and, of course, this is the time of the Tubishvat special that I remember my dear friend, Mayor Weingarten, who I miss every single day, but on a day like today, I miss like crazy. Because at this point in the conversation, he would be chiming in <laughs> about the dangers of Buxer <laughs> and how dentists around the world insist that people eat Buxer. On <laughs> Tubishvat. Anyway, that's the story. We have at least one staff member who's had some delicious carob, delicious buxer on this Tubishvat, and that's Avrami. I assume I'll I'll try to have some before Shkia if I can get back home before sunset tonight to be Yotze having some on Tubishvat. Uh, but uh, yes, I I cannot believe it. I cannot believe on a Tubishvat morning. I actually, I actually left the buxer on the table, so to speak. I actually forgot to bring it along to our Tubishvat special. Unbelievable. Don't worry, folks. You don't have to criticize me. I'm doing enough for myself. Believe you me. Coming up, Rabbi Benji Kramer. He has a Meir Me Lim segment that he's going to be discussing with us. It is very much related to the events of the day. We'll be doing that after 7 o'clock this morning. He also will uh, will join us in speaking about Tu Bishvat and some of the things we need to remember on a day like today. We are connecting to the land of Israel on a day that over the centuries has become a holiday on the Jewish calendar. How unbelievable is that? Tu Bishvat, this day of demarcation, as we say every year, has become a holiday on the Jewish calendar. Pretty incredible. And today I remind you that because it's Tu Bishvat, we do not say Tachanun, which a lot of people are going to be very happy about since, of course, it is um, it is a Thursday. We don't say Tachanun. Um, and, uh, yeah. And, uh, we've t- and, and it has turned, as we say, it has turned over the centuries literally into a holiday that we celebrate 
today. I asked Gavri Siegel, I said, how is it celebrating Tubishvat in Jerusalem? And his response was, great, and I'm sure it is. Any day you're in Jerusalem is great, but especially on a day like Tubishvat. More coming up. You're listening to our Tubishvat special, 5784 at JM in the AM.
ואלוהים אחד שלנו, וכל חתן וכל כלה. ארץ ישראל יפה, ארץ ישראל פורחה, את ישבה בה וצופה, את צופה בה וצורחת. ארץ ישראל יפה, ארץ ישראל פורחת.
J.M. and the A.M. Sheer Eretz is the name of that one. Before you heard the uh, Eretz Yisrael Yafa, uh, you heard the song entitled Eretz. You heard the Eliyahu Chait with Eretz Yisrael. Uh, we had Linda Hirshhorn with the Eretz Shivat Minim. You're listening to a Tu B'Shvat morning here at J.M. and the A.M. as we celebrate this 15th of the Hebrew month of Shvat. Tu B'Shvat, which began last night. A lot of, uh, lot of Tu B'Shvat Seders, a lot of Tu B'Shvat Tishes. Uh, some of the Hasidic groups really uh, take their Tu B'Shvat very, very seriously, as do we here at JM and the AM. And um, as we said, Tu B'Shvat appears in the Mishnah in Rosh Hashanah. It's a an argument between, uh, or a discussion, I should say, between Beis Hillel and Beis Shammai. Uh, Beis Shammai says that the first of Shvat is the new year for the trees. Beis Hillel says the 15th of Shvat, and that is how we rule. And when it comes to biblical tithing, that is what happens. We follow the uh, the um, decision, the opinion, and the decision that Tu B'Shvat, the fifteenth of Shvat, is the is the day. Uh, in the Middle Ages, according to Wikipedia, Tu B'Shvat was celebrated with a feast of fruits, in keeping with the Mishnaic description of the holiday as a quote unquote New Year. Rav Luria of Tzvat and his disciples instituted a Tu B'Shvat Seder in the 16th century in which fruits and trees of the land of Israel, especially of the seven species, were given symbolic meaning. The main idea was that eating ten specific fruits and drinking four cups of wine in a specific order while reciting the appropriate blessings would bring human beings in the world closer to spiritual perfection. In Israel, the Kabbalistic Tu B'Shvat Seder has been revived and is now celebrated by many. Special Haggadot have been written for this purpose. In the Hasidic community, some Jews pickle or candy the esrog from Sukkot and eat it on Tu B'Shvat. Some pray that they will be worthy of a beautiful etrog on the following Sukkot. Today is the day, by the way, for that tefillah, uh, that uh, one will have a beautiful esrog coming up in the next year of 5785. Sephardic Jews prepare a dessert made of grains, dried fruits, and nuts, such as known as Ashur, uh, to celebrate the holiday. And, of course, in Israel, the uh, international media refers to it as Israel Arbor Day. Ecological organizations and the di- in both Israel and diaspora have adopted the holiday to further environmental awareness programs. Uh, on Israeli kibbutzim, it's celebrated as an agricultural holiday. And that is the uh, essence of Tu B'Shvat. Years ago, as many of you know, I should say uh, centuries ago, but um, different eras had different uh, approaches. Centuries ago, the uh, only connection, or, or there was very little connection between Jews and the diaspora and the land of Israel. They would use the Tu B'Shvat opportunity to eat fruit that came from Israel, generally dried fruit, classically buxer, the carob, as we continue to herald and, and compliment, 
Uh, by the way, Avrami acknowledged that he knew there was a Buxer battle in the history of JM and the AM, but he was forgetful in terms of which side I was on. Yeah, I was always on the pro Buxer side. Don't ever forget that. <laughs> um, so they generally they would eat dried fruit from Israel and try to connect to the Holy Land in that way. It was an era, remember, when it was very difficult to get to the Holy Land, when very few people did get to the Holy Land. And the connection was never really physical in that way for that reason, uh, but more spiritual, um, more virtual, if you will, if we could use that word in reference to an era before ours. Uh, and that's what it was like. And the people used the opportunity of the Tubishvat celebration to connect to the Holy Land in as best as possible in as many ways as possible. Listener Tikva says, Boker Tov. And Tubishvat Sameach. Moshe says, Good morning, Nachum. Before Shodesh Elul is the new fiscal year for animals, why don't we have a Yom Tov then with no Tachner and have a barbecue the way we eat fruit today? By the way, this is a, an issue that um, we've discussed many, many times on the Tubishvat special over the years that really none of these dates in the mission of Rosh Hashanah should become holidays. But again, because of the disconnect from the land, that's how Tubishvat evolved in the way that it is uh, celebrated today. So, yeah, you're making a good point, but it's really the opposite. It's really the opposite. Um, listener Devorah says, I have PTSD from eating Buxer in elementary school in America. Proud that my children get to go on Nitzio to do actual planting. Yeah, I agree with you on that. <laughs> Devorah, obviously, in Israel. Uh, but, uh, hey, let's not hate on the Buxer. For some people, it's the only connection they have to the Holy Land, believe it or not. Listener Tikva says, Mayor Atal Kolkachaser. Yes, this is one of those days where I miss my friend Mayor Weingarten, and this audience misses him tremendously, and I wish there was a way to fill his shoes, and there was a way to um, to be a partner in this Tubishvat special the way he was, but everyone knows the reality. What can I tell you? Um, oh, this listener says, D.R. Weintraub says, uh, all in with you on Buxer. Love it. David Weintraub, Oak Park, Michigan. Yeah, thank you, Michigan. And good luck, by the way, on Sunday. Yeah, of course. No better way to enjoy the Lions game than with a Buxer snack. Make sure you have some leftover from today so you can enjoy a Buxer snack this coming Sunday. But yes, of course. Why would we say something negative about Buxer when it's so amazing and keeps us connected to the Holy Land and tastes so much better on Tu than any other day of the year? It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at AlchemSingle.com and the AlchemSingle Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Got it's on the background. to our news from Israel coming up. Plenty more, of course, on this on this uh, Thursday Tu special. Um, Rabbi Benji Kramer is going to join us. He will do a Meir Milim segment. He'll have some things uh, to tell, tell us regarding Tu Bishvat. Looking forward to our special guest, Rabbi Benji Kramer, joining us live via telephone coming up on this Tu Bishvat morning here at JM in the AM. Hamas has refused the latest hostage deal, according to the Jerusalem Post. We'll keep a close eye on that, all right. That's for sure. On this Tu B'Shvat morning. Galei Tzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast next. Chag Sameach from JM and the AM. Galei Tzal, Hashash Taim. Ba'ulpan Ehud Graf, im Mashikorea Akshav. 
בחיזבאללה מקבלים אחריות לחדירת כלי הטיס הבלתי מאוישים לשטח ישראל וטוענים כי הוכוונו לסוללת כיפת ברזל ליד כפר בלום. בהודעת חיזבאללה נאמר כי הם פגעו במטרה. מוקדם יותר נפלו שני הכטב"מים סמוך לכפר בלום ללא נזק וללא נפגעים. כך מוסר כתבנו בצפון אדר גיציס. כוח צה"ל תועד מתעמת עם אנשי מנגנוני הביטחון הפלסטינים בבית לחם. גורמים בצה"ל מסבירים, מדובר במעצר מבוקש, השוטרים הפלסטינים לא אמורים להיות שם. מדווח כתבנו הצבאי דורון קדוש. גורמי צבא מסבירים את התיעוד שפורסם ואומרים כי מדובר בפעולה שביצעו הלוחמים למעצר של מבוקש בעיר בית לחם וכי השוטרים הפלסטינים לא היו אמורים להיות במקום בהתאם לסיכומים ולכן לוחמי צה"ל פעלו להרחיקם. כפי שנראה בסרטון הדבר נעשה באלימות. מדובר צה"ל נמסר המקרה מוכר ומתוחקר ואין נפגעים באירוע. אלי אלבג, אביה של לירי אלבג, ששבויה בידי חמאס כבר 111 יום, תוקף את השרים שהתבטאו נגד קטאר. הוא אמר לנורית קנטי, אחרי המאמצים של המשפחות, בסוף השרים שמים מוקשים במשא ומתן. הורים או ילדים של החטופים שרצים יום-יום בכל העולם, ובסוף יושב איזה שר במרומי כיסאו, זורק משפטים שלא צריכים להיזרק. ושם מוקשים בתוך כל המשא ומתן הזה. סמוטג' מה התבטא לפני כמה ימים? ש-136 חטופים לא יכולים להחזיק 9 מיליון בני ערובה? מאיפה שר בכיר בממשלה יכול להתבטאות ככה? כל המדינה, אלה הפוליטיקאים שלנו. תראו איך הם מתבטאים. בושה וחרפה לכם, שרים. בתוך כך, מטה משפחות החטופים הכחיש את הטענה כי הפיצו את הקלטת דברי ראש הממשלה, ומשיבים כי נתניהו או אנשיו הם אלה שהדליפו אמש את דבריו. בהקלטה שנחשפה בחדשות 12, נשמע ראש הממשלה תוקף את קטאר ומכנה אותה גרועה מהאום או הצלב האדום. בתגובה, תקף משרד החוץ הקטארי את נתניהו ואמר כי דבריו עלולים לשבש את המשא ומתן לשחרור בני הערובה. מספר שתיים בג'יהאד האיסלאמי, מוחמד אל-הינדי, אמר הבוקר: ההדלפות הללו באות מנתניהו כדי להתגבר על המתיחות הפנימית בנוגע לגורל השבויים בעזה, וכדי להצדיק את סירובו של נתניהו לשלם מחיר על עסקת החליפין, כך כלשונו. ידיעה שמסר כתבנו לענייני ערבים, ג'קי חוגי. התרסקות מטוס השבויים האוקראיני אוקראינה קוראת לחקירה בינלאומית של נסיבות התרסקות מטוס התובלה הצבאי. בהתרסקות שאירעה אתמול ליד העיר הרוסית בלגורוד נהרגו 74 אנשים, מתוכם 65 שבויי מלחמה אוקראינים. כך לטענת רוסיה שהאשימה את הכוחות האוקראינים בהפלת המטוס. חבר פרלמנט רוסי המקורב למשרד הביטחון שם אמר כי למודיעין האוקראיני ניתנה אזהרה של 15 דקות לפני שהמטוס נכנס לאזור שבו הופל וכי שם אישרו שקיבלו הודעה מוקדמת על טיסת השבויים. אוקראינה טרם אישרה כי אסירים אוקראינים אכן היו במטוס שהופל. ידיעה שהעביר כתבנו יוני זילברמן. תחזית מזג האוויר גשמים מקומיים צפויים מצפון הארץ ועד לצפון הנגב. תיתכן אסופות רעמים יחידות, בעיקר בצפון הארץ. אלה החדשות שעורכת עדן לוי.
ארקיע, המציעה מבצע. השקדיה פורחת, ושמש פזורחת, ציפורים מראש כל גג, מבשרות את בואכת. ט"ו בשבט הגיע חג האילנות, ט"ו בשבט הגיע חג האילנות. The almond tree is growing, the golden sun is glowing, the birds are chirping happily from every roof and every tree. Tu Bishvat is here, a happy holiday. Tu Bishvat is here, a happy holiday. Hashkidi aporachas, v'shemesh pazorachas. Zipporim mirosh kol gag, mevasros espohechag. Tu Bishvat higi. חג האילנוס, ט"ו בשבט הגיע, חג Yeah. 
the new group of two bitch fat. Say Shakiana one two bitch fat. Say Shakiana one two bitch fat. Rita, Sora, Geffen, Tena, Rimon, Say Chemin, Vash. Two bitch fat, fat, fat. Two bitch fat, fat, fat. Two bitch fat, fat, fat. Two bitch fat, fat, fat.
Ha <laughs> 
Time he done by Simcha Liner. We sing about trees. We sing about the land of Israel. We sing about the holiday of Tu B'Shvat. It's a special day here at JM and the AM, and I thank all of you for tuning in. Much appreciated. All right, Benji Kramer is uh, expected to join us. Hopefully, he will. He'll be coming up here at JM and the AM. It is a Thursday morning broadcast on this, the twenty fifth day of. Uh, January, day number 15 in the month of Shvat. It is Tuba Shvat 5784, Tufshin Pei Dalid. This hour, you heard the uh, Eitz Chaim done by Simcha Liner. Debbie Friedman's Plant the Tree for Tuba Shvat, Hashkedia Porachat, which is, of course, the anthem of Tuba Shvat. Adam done by the Moshav Band, Schlockrock's Tuba Shvat, famous offering. Tuba Shvat done by Uncle Maishi, his medley of great Tubishvat selections, and I thank you for joining us here at JM in the AM. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Take a 10% discount with promo code RADIO on all delicious Abel's and Hyman products, and as the championship games and Super Bowl approaches, make sure you have plenty of A&H salami and knockwurst and hot dogs in your home to entertain family and friends during the big games. Try A&H today. You'll be glad you did. Again, 10% discount with promo code RADIO when you go to kosherdogs.net with a big thank you to our friends at 
A and H. We are feeling more and more connected to the Holy Land. I think that's a safe assumption. It's a safe thing to say, as uh, we are in this um, difficult circumstance. I should say our brothers and sisters in Israel are in this difficult circumstance of today. Uh, during this war, in the aftermath of the massacre of October the seventh, and uh, we'll speak to our Benji Kramer about this. Uh, this mixed feeling that the Jewish people have during this this year's Tu B'Shvat celebration, where we um, have things to celebrate, and at the same time we are so concerned about our IDF soldiers, about our hostages, about our brothers and sisters who are in difficult circumstances, and we want to make sure that the day is observed properly. We'll speak with him about that and much, much more coming up right here at JM and the AM. It is a Tu B'Shvat special. As you know, the Mishnah has a an argument about whether the uh, demarcation for the new year for the trees in terms of whether a tree is considered to be a result of 5783 or of 5784 is the, um, or 5785, I should say, is the first of uh, of Shvat according to Beit Shammai, the 15th of Shvat according to Beit Hillel, and we follow Beit Hillel, and today, Tu Shvat, the 15th of Shvat, is in fact that day, and over the centuries, as the people felt more and more disconnected from the Holy Land, the opportunity to use Tu B'Shvat as a way to connect to the Holy Land, including uh, eating the delicious dried fruits from the Holy Land and making sure to focus on the Holy Land, um, the land of Israel, on a Tu B'Shvat day when it was very unrealistic for someone to think they'll get to the Holy Land, when their uh, connection was really spiritual and virtual, if you will, as opposed to being physical. And Tu B'Shvat has helped uh, to create an atmosphere over the centuries of connection to the land of Israel. By the way, in light of uh, what has been happening in Israel in the uh, episode of October the 7th, they have made a, uh, a commitment to renewal. The enemy behaves very differently when it comes to uh, looking toward the future. Our people, thank God, look with great positivity. We take what's happened from the past, learn from it, and move on with a feeling of resilience. And um, and it was announced that at the site of the uh, Nova Music Festival, 200 eucalyptus trees are going to be planted. In near O's, 10,000 trees are going to be planted, fruit trees. Uh, yet another um, commitment to rebirth and renewal, even as the difficult situation in Israel continues. Something very important to remember on this unique Tu B'Shvat 5-7 Eight four. Rabbi Benji Kramer is coming up. Plenty more happening on a Tu B'Shvat morning here at JM in the AM. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We learn in the Haggadah that even though in every generation there's a persecutor that rises up against us, however, Hashem saves us and delivers us from their hands. In the Eish Kodesh, the great Rebbe Apiasatzna once asked, why does the Balagada use these particular words? It would have been more correct to say that HaKadosh Baruch Hu saves us from our enemies. What does it mean that we are delivered from their hands? It's because the word miyadam, from their hands, implies that we were saved even when we were already in the hands of our enemies, even when we are already captured and chances of escape seem remote. 
Through wondrous miracles, Hashem helps us. This is why despair does not exist in Yiddishkeit. It's forbidden. We are a nation that has always survived. With Hashem's help, we will outlive our enemies, even though we may be already in their hands. History has amply demonstrated that even in our darkest hours, the Jews have experienced salvation. It makes little difference if the problem is one of national security or more personal. Hashem's salvation can come keherifayin, in the blink of an eye. The Ribon Kol Ho'olamim can deliver us out of the most difficult situations in wondrous and miraculous ways. Naturally, our hearts, our minds, our thoughts, our prayers are all directed on behalf of the Chayalim, our precious soldiers, and on behalf of all of the hostages, the precious nefashos currently being held. We are mispalot to Hashem for their protection and that they all return home safe and sound. The indomitable spirit of our people is something that is supernatural. One of the hostages that was released a few weeks ago is Nili Margalit. She is a nurse. While she was held hostage by the Rishoim in the tunnels, she carried on as the nurse and the medical provider of all the hostages. She wrote down everyone's name and carefully recorded their particular condition, who needed tending to, who needed medicine, who needed therapy. And there, in the gates of she was negotiating every single day for medicine, for the sorely needed items that those that were unwell needed. Ezegvura, what unbelievable might for a hostage to negotiate, not to be afraid, even though at times she suffered because of her efforts, that is beyond nature. It is amazing how Hashem sent the Malach Raphael to be an agent of healing in one of the darkest places that exist in this world. I say to Nili Margalit, you are a leader of our people. May Bore Olam pay you back, Elef Pa'amim. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. J.M. and the A.M., not that he needs my endorsement, but Rabbi Goldwasser in the last couple of months has been incredible uh, with um, his words of chizuk and especially with the... Uh, soldiers and hostages in mind on a daily basis and i can't thank him enough for that really keeps us focused on what we need to focus on these days it is a two bishvat morning here at jm and the am Mary benji kramer is with us live via telephone as we continue to try to bridge the gap between israel and the diaspora the same way for centuries that our great torah leaders and leaders in the community have done when it comes to two bishvat feeling more and more connected during a time when it was almost impossible to physically get to the uh, Holy Land. They used the opportunity of Tubishvat through the Tubishvat Seder, through the dried fruits from Israel, uh, through the, um, the fact that they made it into a holiday, 
They use that in order to bridge the gap between Israel and the diaspora. Rabbi Benji Kramer, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. It's a pleasure to be here, Nachum. Thank you so much for having me. You know, you uh, you influence a lot of students all through the year, of course, in your capacity. Uh, and we spoke about this uh, around Hanukkah time when people were wondering if they need to temper their Hanukkah celebrations this year because we have brothers and sisters being held hostage. We have IDF soldiers, brothers and sisters who are on the front lines in very dangerous situations. How do you view this year's Tu Bishvat in light of the regular Tu Bishvat celebrations that we've had in past years? I thought it's a fascinating question. I, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about Tu Bishvat, but dealing with your question specifically, um, the idea that celebrating Tu Bishvat has, is, is, um, it depends on what you're talking about celebrating. If you're talking about the, the party, the, the said there Tu Bishvat, that's quite late. It's only from, I would say around the, um, 1600s or so, even later. In other words, it's quoted that the Ari um, had a Seder Tu Bishvat of some kind, but it's really not clear. It's not till like the mid 1700s uh, that a few books were published from Moshe Chagiz and um, and uh, another book called Pre Eitz Hadar uh, were published, and they claim that the Ari had the celebration. So this celebration is maybe 200 years old, the kind of celebration. But even the celebration itself. Is um, is more about recognizing and connecting to Israel. It's not about you know let's have a good time. It's not about staying you know maybe shechianu on the fruits that we're eating. But in terms of um, it, it's not about um, the same kind of simcha that you have on a chag. It's not about the same kind of simcha that you have on. Uh, on other occasions, even Hanukkah is questionable whether you're really supposed to celebrate with food. The Ramah says that maybe you should have a Dvar Torah because it's not really about the physical celebration. I think that since it's mainly about connecting to Israel, maybe we should in some ways accentuate it more. Mm. Uh, in general, yeah. go ahead. No, I was going to say, very good point, especially in light of this year, because we want to be as connected as possible, especially during these times. Uh, there are people in our community who normally might spend this time of year in Israel and are not doing so this year for whatever reason. Not a criticism, just a fact. And uh, we need to keep that connection going, and that includes... And by the way, we should note that that Tu Bishvat when school is in session is very different for Jewish families than Tu Bishvat when school is not in session. And this is one of those years where many, many schools in the Yeshiva League are not in session today. Uh, you have to admit, it's much different when school is in session, right? The kids get to attach to it much more, and families don't necessarily, you know, think about it. If they're right. in a place where they're going to school and they're not saying Tachman, they might be reminded, that, especially on a Thursday, not saying Tachman, <laughs> they might be reminded, they might be reminded, oh, it's Tu Bishvat. But most people don't really think about Tu Bishvat. It's really more, you're right, of a school um, schools really bring it on for the kids and, and connect it. I mean, you and I both grew up with uh, 
JMF and trees and planting and those big cars that we got. Oh yeah, are you kidding me? Money? That was the that was the key to the holiday was making sure that the kids in Israel were heading out to plant trees, making sure that people around the world were sponsoring trees to be planted in Israel. And as you heard, this year there's a reason, especially in certain areas of Israel, to plant away, and they've made a commitment to do just that. Right, Benji Kramer is with us live via telephone. So did you did you include a prayer? Because you indicated to me that you, you're joining me this morning after uh, you were in shul. Uh, did you include a prayer this morning for a good esrog, a beautiful-looking etrog uh, for this upcoming holiday of Sukkot, which is many, many months away, but apparently there's a connection between that and Tu Bishvat. I have not heard about that connection between etrog and Tu Bishvat. What have you heard about that? There's actually a prayer. <laughs> I, I wish I had the text in front of me. <laughs> There's actually a prayer that is said on Tu Bishvat, uh, praying to the one above because of the essence of this holiday, being so connected to the land, the ground, uh, plants, fruits, etc., uh, there's a, an actual prayer that is said that uh, on the next Sukkot, I should be blessed to be able to use a beautiful pre-Eitz Hadar, a beautiful um, uh, esrog during the holiday of Sukkot. So that that is what, obvi- obviously, you're not familiar with that, and I don't know the text by heart. I'm not familiar with that. Yeah, but i gotta, I, I got to find uh, it. I wonder what the etrogim are up to now at this time of year before, you know. That's a I good, guess they're really harvested more. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. That is a good point. The esrog that we have, and by the way, I'm sure there's an expert on this in our audience, so feel free to comment on the app, everybody. Uh, the esrog that we will purchase in September, October, right? This year, uh, Yunt is very late. The esrog, that, what is it up to right now? Are those esrogim already cut off the trees? Are those esrogim going to grow for another couple of months? What are we up to, folks? Those of you who are Esra, and there are many people in this audience who are affiliated with the Esra industry. Uh, if you are, in fact, one of those, please let us know what we're up to. Rabbi Kramer, did you have an opportunity to eat any dried fruit from Israel yet today? Did you have a chance to taste the Buxer, whichever synagogue you were in? Uh, was the synagogue you were in responsible enough when it came to Tu Bishvat to make sure to provide something uh, to make a special bracha and to go ahead and to feel connected in that way to the Holy Land? So, I did not partake. I did not. I I, uh, I don't know if they had a Seder too. We should have come back last night. I had to leave to, to babysit for my grandchildren. But um, so I didn't stick around after Marav. But, uh, and this morning, I also ran out to, to join you. So I'm not sure. But they, they did not have anything out. That's for sure. All right. And, and I know, I know about the Buxer and you and Mayor and the Buxer debate. Oh, I mean, are, are you kidding? It's already been a topic of conversation this morning, courtesy of Avrami, uh, who couldn't remember, remember which side of the issue I was on. My gosh, I, I think one would think over the years that anybody who's tuned into this show knows that I am the pro-Buxer guy out there, uh, especially on a Tubishvat morning. All right, Rabbi Kramer, what can you tell us about the holiday of Tubishvat? I know we're going to be discussing a Meir Milim segment, which we'll save uh, for a little bit later. Uh, anything else you'd like to share with us about this holiday today? So there are five aspects, as I see it, of Tubishvat, and some of them I heard you mention already, um, but there are five aspects, and you can interrupt me at any time sure. in between any of them. But the one is the true origin and meaning of, of this, this date. Where does it come from? 
The second is, is it a happy day? Is there something to celebrate? And where does that come from? Not saying Tachanon, not making a hesped at, at, at a, a eulogy, at a funeral, not fasting on this day, which is all prohibited in the Shulchan Aruch. Where does that come from? And already you know if it's in the Shulchan Aruch, it's hundreds of years old. Um, where did eating fruit from Eretz Yisrael, when did that start? And the origins of the Seder we already discussed. Uh, it, it seems to be somewhat Kabbalistic. It's attributed to the Ari, but it's very. It only comes out about 160 years after the Ari died already. So it's a little bit. There are no real sources that the Ari partook in it, although they say that he did. Uh, and when did the planting actually start uh, in Israel? <clears throat> so let's start with the the actual what they, what's called the birthday. It's not really the birthday of the trees. That's not so accurate. But as you said before I got on, it's, it's halachic ruling, sort of like taxes, you know, January 1st. If you, if, you, if you had a child before January 1st, you could take it off your taxes for, for this past year. And if you didn't, then it's really going for next year. And that has to do with a number of rulings in, in halacha, one having to do with the tithe itself, ma'aser. You're not allowed to take ma'aser, the 10th, in Israel, when you buy fruits, you know, we always think of fruits and vegetables. If I see uncut fruits and vegetables, I can buy it anywhere. And in Israel, that's not so true. You have to really take trumot and na'asrot, and you have to know what you're doing. You have to make sure it's not from an orla tree. Ayin, reish, lamed, hey, orla. I think we talked about arel yeah. in Meir uh, Lingua. Correct, we did. Um, our law is uh, is the first three years of a tree. You're not. It's asur by achila. You're not allowed to eat it. You're not even allowed to sell it. It's asur by hanaa, and uh, therefore um, the arla um, season, so to speak, the end of that third year is that before tubishvat. So many opinions say that it ends only at tubishvat that third year. Um, and the tithing also, as we said, is, is before and after, is, is what determines before and after uh, to be shot. Um, there's a, I mean, Orla is really, uh, I'm sorry, t- like I said, that have to do with Israel. You can only do that in Israel. You only need to do it in Israel. Although, if you buy an uh, orange that was grown in Jaffa, let's say, you have to take Trumotumasrod if you don't know that it was already taken before. Even in America, we have to do that. And we have to sort of train people how to do it. I actually did that a few weeks ago, trained someone how to take through multiple miles Wow. Um, not so easy. Yeah. Um, uh, so why, why is Tubishvat chosen for this demarcation between years? Uh, so there are a number of opinions out there. I think the simple way is that we're still in the middle of the winter. I mean, you know, here in Puerto Rico, it's, it's pretty nice weather. In Israel, it's decent weather, but it's still the rainy season. It's, it's toward, well, one of the opinions, Rabbi Lazar in the Talmud says that it's the end of the rainy season, not end, end, but, but most of the rain has already fallen. I don't know the records. Do you know the records of the rain? This year in Israel, is it doing well? Is it that's raining a, good, a lot? That's a good question, although I know there have been a couple of weeks that have been rain-filled, but I don't know if it's one of those seasons that's really potent when it comes to rain. I don't know. I didn't I didn't get to look that up. Uh, another thing is that since it's like the middle of the winter, it's a good demarcation for fruits that grew before and grew after because it's not, well, when was this from? It's really pretty clear because there's not a lot going on around Tu Bishvat. Arashi says in... <clears throat> in Rosh Hashanah, that the sap, the uh, seraph, as it's called, the sap in the tree starts going up the tree, which helps the growth around Tu Bishvat. 
and we find that there is budding of the fruits. It's called chanita. That's a machlok at what chanita is, but let's assume it's the budding of the of the beginning of before the fruits actually grow happens around Tubishva. Um and of course we know that the modern song I think you played it already Ashkadia Paracha. Oh yeah. Oh, are you kidding? Multiple, <laughs> multiple times already. Okay, in different different tunes? No, same one. Hey, it's the anthem of Tubishva. We got to toss it on once in a while. Correct, correct. So that idea, Shkedia Parachat, the Shkedim, the almonds, blossom earlier than other than other fruits. And therefore, it's assumed that Tubishvat might be the beginning of the blossoming of the Shkedim, of the almonds. Shkedia Parachat, the word Parachat really doesn't mean growing, it means flowering. Parach is a flower. So budding <clears throat> is around the same time as the flowering, and therefore it kind of makes sense. You know, we know also and, and Mayor talked about this many times, Mayor Weingarten, uh, um, talked many times about the beginning of Sefer Yirmiyahu, Perak Aleph, around Pasuk Yud Aleph, you bet, where the first Nebuah that, that Yirmiyahu had was about a Shkedia, about a, a tree blossoming, an almond tree, sorry, blossoming. And that was a hint to him that things are blooming, not good things, though. The enemy from the north, meaning Bavel, is coming fast. And apparently the Shkedim grow very fast. They come early and they grow fast. And therefore, it's also around Tubishat, maybe. I don't really know if that's a fact is out there. <clears throat> I tried to look it up. I didn't see anything actually connecting it to Tubishat. But that's what the song assumes. Right. Um, yeah. Very it's, cool. You can interrupt at any time. I'm, I'm going to move oh, on to the time. And you're on a roll. Like if you're you on want, a, whatever you want. You're on a roll. Go ahead. <clears throat> so the second aspect of Tubishvat comes very early. Rav Nisim Gaon, early, uh, the, early in the second millennium, around 1040 or so, um, he was a late guy. He's called Rav Nisim Gaon, but he's kind of the beginning of the Rishonim period. Rashi was also around 1040, 1045. You know, Rav, uh, um, Rav Krohn often says that he goes into classes all the time to tell stories. He went to a third grade class and, uh, and he says, does anyone know when Rashi was? And one little kid says, 1045 to 1115. And he says, well, how did you know that? He says, that's when we have recess. And my Rebbe always says, we're having recess from 1045 to 11.15, that's when Rashi lived. And it's amazing how much he accomplished in those 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, <clears throat> so if Rashi's around 10.45, not so clear when, and Ravnishin goes around 10.40 or so, so he's kind of a Rishon, as we say. But he quotes Rav Gaon. And Rav Gaon, very famous Gaon, one of the most uh, prolific, he really, we have a lot of, of uh, writing from Rav Gaon. Um, and... He writes in the tshuva um, that, I'm sorry, that no eulogies and no tachanun right. on Tisha B'Av. And that's on, where it's on so very early. On Tu B'Shvat. On Tu B'Shvat. What did I say? It's a Tisha B'Av. <laughs> on Tu B'Shvat. Oops, I'm sorry. <clears throat> that was a slip. On Tu B'Shvat, uh, none, none of that. And that's obviously, and they also found, by the way, in 1088, not around that time, <clears throat> a calendar from 1088, I'm sorry, in the Cairo Geniza that has a quote from um, uh, this calendar that says also that they didn't say Tachman and they didn't do eulogies. Back then, in the early, early in this past, right, the past millennium, 
um, in terms of the eating fruits and stuff, that's definitely a much later thing, having nothing to do with Zionism. And the other thing I have to tell you, Nachum, I'm not so convinced that this, this idea that we are so afraid of, of enhancing <clears throat> minhagim, minhagim show up all, all over the place all, through hundreds of years, different communities. You have yeki minhagim, obviously they're not from, from the Rishonim, you know, you have, um, you have, you know, all kinds of, of minhagim that are more recent. And minhagim are sort of communities way of, of, of you know, whether it really came from the rabbis in those right. communities, probably. But Minagim and establishing holidays and Minagim and changing Nusach are really different things. So it's not really a holiday. That's one of the things I'm trying to say. Right. It's not re- it does, we don't say Tachanon. Right. It's interesting why we don't say Tachanon too, because Rosh Chodesh El is also in the Mishnah of, of right. Rosh Hashanah. Why right. we don't say, you know, I mean, it is Rosh Chodesh. So right. the truth is that I guess mentioned that most of them are Rosh Chodesh. Therefore, we don't say. Well, Rosh Chodesh, Nisan, Nisan, Elul, and well, and and Elul, they're and all Tushrei. right. So they're all, but they're all Rosh Chodesh. They're all, and according to Beishamai, so is right. according to Beishamai, so is this. Yeah, it's funny, it's interesting. interesting. Maybe that that well, is interesting. I wonder what the so uh, one that one be Tachanun. Right. I wonder what was going through Beit Hillel's mind when they. Uh, when they were saying uh, 15 of Shvat instead of the first of Shvat. And by the way, based on what you said earlier, that in the dead of winter, it's easier to make a demarcation on the calendar for these things. It would make more sense to be Rosh Chodesh Shvat as opposed to uh, the 15th of Shvat. So, but, yeah. but if so it it's was... It's interesting the, the way... Yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. The, the way Beit Shammai is quoted in this Mishnah, I think is different from most places. It doesn't say Beit Shammai Omrim and Beit Hillel Omrim. It says Bechad Bishvat. All of them are Echad. Echad Nisan, Echad Belo, Echad Bishvat. Bechad Bishvat, Rosh Hashanah Le'ilan, Kids Yivrei Beit Hillel. I didn't see, I mean, I didn't see anyone really talk about this, but it's, it's a little strange the way it's quoted. Like Beit Hillel said, instead of Beit Hillel Omrim, but then it says, I, I'm sorry, then it says Beit Hillel Omrim, the Chamishasar Bo. But Kids Yivrei Beit Hillel, I, 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 I'm not a real Baki in this, in Mishnayot, but I don't think it comes up a lot that it says Kid Divrei Beit Hillel. In the Gemara, it's probably quoted sometimes Kid Divrei Beit Hillel because they're quoting, this is like Beit Hillel. But in the Mishnah itself, I wonder how many other times, whether, I, I'm not saying it gives it more legitimacy, but I just don't know why it's quoted differently there. More coming up with our Benji Kramer as we celebrate Tu Bishvat at JM in the AM. I am but a little tree that only seeks to live in peace, to spread my seeds upon the earth and firm my roots within the soil of the land my father gave to me and his father gave to him. Made by the father of us all. But the woodsman, with an axe poised in his hand, said it's my sacred duty to clear away this land. And on this place that I call home, I will 
plant a field of stone. I am but a little tree that only seeks to live in peace, to spread my seeds upon the earth and firm my roots within the soil of the land my father gave to me and his father gave to him made by the father of us all while the sly fox Aloof, cool, and remote Said I cannot be distracted By the bloodstains on my coat I can feel the woodsman's pain Perhaps the tree should not remain I am but a little tree That only seeks to live in peace To spread my seeds upon the earth And find my roots within the soil of the land my father gave to me. And the eagle, high above, so far away, said it's in my best interest to see the small tree stay. No, it need not thrive like I, but why not let it stay alive? From Journeys Volume Number Four, AB Rottenberg and Company with Little Tree on this Tubish Spot Morning in America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listeners sponsored digital radio. 
Around the world of women, AlchemSingle.com on the AlchemSingle Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Happy Tubishvat, everybody. Rabbi Benji Kramer is with us live via telephone and uh, inspiring us with words about this amazing holiday. Yes, a day that has become an amazing holiday centuries later, connecting us to the Holy Land. Uh, Rabbi Kramer, I want to get to Meir Milim, which we will get to in the next few minutes. Let me give you an opportunity to wrap up uh, the Tubishvat. Uh, portion of your presentation. What else can you tell us about this special day of ours, the 15th day of Shvat? So there are Mikorot sources from the 1500s already. Um, a book by Rav Benjamin Aledi Ashkenazi. He's from Salonika, northern Greece, and he wrote a book uh, on Minhagim. And he writes there that they started eating fruits from Israel on this date on Tu Bishvat. I was uh, commemorating, so to speak, their connection to Israel on Tu Bishvat. And about 20 years later, a more famous book, the Tikkun Yisachar, I don't think it's called Tikkun Yisachar, I think that's more Hasidic to say Yisachar, but uh, Tikkun Yisachar by a Moroccan rabbi um, who settled in Svat. And he also, he, um, this is around, we're talking about the 1500s or so, around, a little before maybe the Ari, and he also writes that that there's an Ashkenazi, even though he's a Moroccan rabbi, he writes that there's an Ashkenazi, Minhag, custom to eat fruits from Israel on, on Tu Bishvat. And then again, Abraham quotes it in Shulchan Aruch, and uh, that's really the earliest, I think it's a very long time ago, it's 500 years ago, um, that they already started eating fruits from Israel on Tu Bishvat. And I, it, I'm assuming it's it's more Kabbalistic, but I but again it just I think I think that uh, uh, connection to Israel obviously was always uh, you know among us it's not something new with Zionism obviously right. uh, connection to Israel is just uh, it was it was another way to connect to Israel. Yeah, and uh, now go ahead. The final stage is this idea of planting in Israel, planting trees in Israel. And that happened um, over 60 years before the state of Israel was formed. There's a little Moshava, a small town called Yesod Ma'ala in, in the Galil, who planted 1,500 fruits in 1884. 1884 is a very long time ago. That's 100, that, 70 years ago? 140 years 60. ago. Uh, 140 years, 140 years, 140 years ago. Yeah. Wow. So I'm saying it's around, uh, 70 years before the state, 60, 70 years, something like that right. before the state of Israel really started. And, uh, and they had, by the way, they had etrog trees that they planted. There you go. And <laughs> pomegranates and, and olive trees later, fig trees, berries. Uh, that's what they planted. And about 10 years later, well, less than that, 1890, a famous writer, Zev Yavitz, went out with his students in Zichon Yaakov, we know Zichon Yaakov from the, the wine fame, on Tu Bishvat, and he, he, he wrote this up in the newspapers, and he made it very public that he went to plant trees in Israel on Tu Bishvat. In 1907, more teachers did that, from 300 students went out from a, a school called Mikveh Yisrael. So it, it slowly, over the decades, grew and grew, and then in 1919 or so, is when, towards, I guess right after World War One, is when Karen Camp and Israel Kakao, as they say, uh, took over and sent like 3,000 students to go plant trees. Pretty and amazing. And obviously, uh, you know, yeah. Pretty amazing. Yeah. And, yeah. Of course and, we, the, and of course. And we know, yeah. and we know, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. That the growth 
of trees is a sign of the Geula. Famous Gemara, man quoted it all the time, Gemara and Sanhedrin, Bapsari Chet and Wadalaf, Amar of Abba, Ein Lechaket Megula Miza. There is no clearer sign of the end of days of the Motu Mashiach than, than having trees growing and flourishing in, in Israel. Atem, quoting Yechazkel, Laman Vav Chet, Atem, Harei Yisrael, Anfechem, Titnu, Uprechem, Tisula, Ami Yisrael, Kikarvu, Lavo. And that, from that Pasuk, and Rashi says, it's going to give fruit, and that's a sign of the Geula. And we also know Mark Twain, the famous uh, letter that was published later in a book, The Innocents Abroad, uh, who was in Israel in the mid-1800s and saw nothing. It was all desolate, desolate, desolate. And then, slowly but surely, as the, as the Jews got closer and closer to Eretz Israel, the planting of trees became more and more uh, 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 more and more the, the, the act of the day or the, the, uh, the true um, connection to Israel. Uh, you know, I, 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 on a tour once, they told us that the green line, we know the green line, which demarcates between um, pre-67 and post-67, the green line is because of Karen Kamek Israel, because they planted so many trees, there was, uh, Israel was green and the West Bank was not green. And that's kind of how the I don't know if that's the only reason. Yeah, that's it's funny because I think I, I, I think we've discussed over the years how the green line was literally called that because of the green magic marker that was used on the map when they were drawing the border. <laughs> so who knows what the truth is? But I like your explanation very, mm-hmm. very much. So the Bnei Saskar says to pray for a beautiful esrog on Tu Bishvat, and the prayer ah. is, and the prayer is Yehiratzon Lofanecha Hashem Alkeinu Valakavoteinu. So there is a prayer, may be thy will, that you bless, meaning God, bless all the estrog trees to bear their fruit at the proper time. They shall bear a trogim that are good, nice, beautiful, and clean from all blemish, that no scars should form upon them. They should be complete, and they should not have any deficiencies, even pricked by a thorn. And these etrogim should be available for us and for all of Israel in every place that they are in order to fulfill the mitzvah of taking the etrog and the lulav on the holiday of Sukkot. That shall come to us with good life and with peace, as you have written in your Torah. And again, it quotes the Pasuk in Vayikra Chaf Gimel. May it be your will, Lord our God and the God of our forefathers, to help us and assist us in this mitzvah of taking the lulav, myrtle, willow, and etrog in the proper manner in its proper time and the festival of Sukkot. That shall come upon us for good life and peace with happiness and good heartedness. And that you shall make a nice, beautiful etrog that is clean of all blemishes and deficiencies, complete and kosher according to its, according to its laws, accessible to us so well what, can, what can i tell you uh that that someone <laughs> thought of connecting the rosha shanali iladot to a beautiful etrog in next year's holiday of sukkot honestly right. honestly only in our tradition <laughs> i don't think anybody else could have made right. that connection but in our tradition yes so another, right but another thing about tubishvat 
since it's not, like everyone would have expected the time of blooming is the springtime, is a couple of months later. But Tubishvat represents the hope of the future, even when it's still dim. And especially at a time like today, what we're going through today, the dimness of our existence right now is, is very clear, if you, could, if you will. And uh, we believe in looking to the positive. We look, believe in looking forward and looking to the of ultimately, obviously, but even the short term, you know, this coming Sukkot, et cetera. It's, a, it's, what, it's part of what the holiday is about. That's why if the... If I may, one... I was going to say, that's why the ahead. planting of the trees this year has so much more meaning. That's why births of yeah. uh, births of children and grandchildren, which always have tremendous meaning in our tradition, obviously, mean so much more now because uh, Absolutely. because we've seen such tragedies and we look toward the future and the hope that it brings. And uh, in our tradition, as I said, not every tradition is like this, as we know, cause, but we value life to a degree that nobody yeah. else does. In our tradition... Life of all forms, whether it be human beings or even the trees, the trees that surround us, that are such an important part of our lives and are so symbolic for us. Eitz Chaim He, Lama Elon Elon, etc., etc. All these right. me- messages right. and metaphors are so important to our tradition. Go ahead, you were saying. So I found a Buxer Makor. <laughs> okay, and it's somewhat in your favor, I would say. A source Rav, for Buxer. Oh, yes, I'm sorry. Harav Aviner, who was the, who's been the rabbi of Ben Akiva for, for decades, decades, even when I was in Ben Akiva, his name was famous. Um, he wrote a teshuvah. He wrote a responsa to, um, to people in Chutzlaret in, in the diaspora who wanted to eat fruit from Antubishvat. I keep doing that. Antubishvat. <clears throat> and uh, they asked him, is it better to eat the shivat haminim, the seven species, Quoting in the pasuk in in Parshat Ekev uh, about uh, the the special fruits that sort of pronounce the greatness of, of Israel, the chikas uh, ora, the, the wheat and the barley, eretz chikas ora, the gefen, the grapes, teina is our uh, our figs, rimon we know our pomegranates, zayt zayt is is olive. Shemen, uh, Zayt Shemen, sorry, and Gavash is really the honey that comes from dates. The seven species, is it better to eat those seven species that don't come from Israel, maybe come from Turkey, they said in the Chuba, or should I eat Buxer, which is carob, uh, dried carob that comes from Israel? And his opinion was, what do you think? Huh. I assume the dried carob from Israel. That's right. He said, we have to connect to Israel on Tubishvat. That's the, that's the message of the day. And therefore, you should have the dry carob, even though it's not from the seven species. And that is one of the reasons yep. that for centuries, the only thing available to people was dried carob from Israel. And they went ahead exactly. and, uh, and they had it. It was interesting because uh, I, I saw somewhere where somebody was putting together a celebration in Israel with dried fruit. And I said, wait a second, the dried fruit is for the people in diaspora because they couldn't get fresh fruit from Israel. If you're in Israel, you you should be eating fresh fruit. 
But I'll tell you, but this, Absolutely. but this shows you the power of minhag in our community. That even that, that even in exactly. Israel, that even in Israel, where people you know are are now capable of having Israeli fruit that is fresh, uh, they'll go ahead and eat dried fruit because that was the custom when they were in Chutzlar. It's just to eat dried fruit that came from Israel. But it's just so funny the way these things evolve, right? Benji Kramer with his uh, final segment, which we call Meir Milim for a Tubishvat morning coming up at JM in the AM. Sweet morning's climbing our tower of green Was the summer that my friends and I were thirteen Exciting branches, fruit leaves and change, impressive and generous, our tree danced and swayed. One afternoon in early November, I witnessed something. I'll always remember I heard the leaves talking I listened and learned Something had happened They were deeply concerned We're losing our color And this is no good Something must be wrong with this miserable world We don't like looking different Feeling cold and dry Our tree must be sick And has started to die Oh, to die Shame, oh shame About our broken old tree why should we invest in it hopelessly? So weak will it end be, how sad is its woe? Then many confused leaves simply let go. I watch them fall way down to the ground and saw the wind rushed them around I wondered if I'd ever see them again I wonder if I'll ever touch them again Yet a proud quiet bunch of passionate leaves on some branches strong and low on the tree counseled to face the wind and the cold encouraging their fellow leaves to keep their hold they said please Realize our dearest brothers 
the danger of leaving cold like the others. Don't let go of the tree, whatever you do. Cause the one who will get hurt the most is you. Yes, it's you. Though at times it might seem like our trees in decline, it's alive and aware. Our tree will be fine. So despite the tough winds that gust with great might, you must use all your strength. Hang on to it tight, so tight. It's high in me, it's high in me. Reach up and grab hold of eternity. The tree of light, the tree of love, the tree. If you can hear these words to friend climb high and hold strong to this wonderful dream of melodious song and ensure that your branch and its future fruit will proudly cling tight. To this source of all truth, of all truth. Oh, it's high in me, it's high in me. Reach out and grab hold, taste and you'll see. The tree of life, the tree of love, the tree. Help us live the pleasure of its Seder on Tu Bishvat, you know. It's the new year, so let's give a cheer for the trees and plants that grow. So say Shechayanu on a new fruit. Get out your brand new home. Then plant some trees and feel the breeze. Put on a special show. We'll see you later at the Seder on Tu Bishvat today. Make sure you bring the Charuv in, we'll put them on a tray. So say Shecheyanu on a new fruit, even though the sky is gray. With rain on the ground, the fruit will abound, it's too Bishvat today.
with Piamenta and Elon Elon. Great song for a Tubishvat morning. Before that, Schlockrock with the Tubishvat Seder selection. And The Tree was done by Avram Willig. The Tree, as we talk about trees on this Tubishvat morning here at JMA. And by the way, somebody on the app, it was on the app, I think, asked for the uh, prayer. If you search prayer for the Esrog, B'nai Saschar, prayer for the Esrog, you will um, you will find exactly what uh, I read earlier on the air. And hopefully we'll all have a good Esrog. We should all live and be well till we get to the time when we purchase the Lulav and Esrog for the upcoming holiday of Sukkot. It's uh, still a little ways off, to say the least. All right, Benji Kramer with us live via telephone. Listener Zena says, thank you, Rabbi Kramer. Your shear on Tu Bishvat was amazing. Rabbi Kramer, I didn't know that that qualified as a shear, but congratulations to you. <laughs> Thank you. Ah, Thank sh- you. Sheer, sheer usually it needs to have a certain setting, a certain time limit, yeah. a certain type of presentation. <laughs> Apparently, this fits into the rubric, according to listener Zena. All right. Um, did we decide what may ear me limb segment we're going to be doing this morning or by Kramer? I'm going to use a repeat. I apologize, but I don't have my books with me where I am now. So I, I, I'm going to reuse the one about Melchama, which is fascinating. Uh, we're in the midst of a war, Melchamet Harvod uh, um, Barzel, as we know. And uh, the word Melchama, uh, interestingly enough, I mean, it's mentioned many times in Tanakh, obviously, but its root word, what do you think its root word is? Is it Lamed Chet Mem? Is that the root? It, it, it actually seems to be Lamed Chet Mem. And the Lechem, bread... And war seems to be connected, and wow. in a number of ways they're connected. Uh, obviously, we know that many wars uh, occur, not this one, obviously, but many wars occur due to economic reasons. People right. actually go to war over economic reasons. So it kind of makes sense a little bit that it's uh, connected to bread or to to um, the economy. Yeah. We know that uh, Yaakov Avinu, when he talks about food in general, he's, he's asking Hashem as he's about to go to Lavan's house in Bereshit Kafchet, Pasukaf, Vaidar Yaakov Neder, he makes an oath, and he says, Bring me bread to eat and clothing to wear. Now, Beged is, uh, you know, is a generic term for, for clothing, and it seems, too, that the word Lechem is a generic term for food, not just bread. And we right. see this also in Shmuel Aleph. Shmuel Aleph, Perik, Yudalid, Pasuk Kafdalid, Shaul puts out a decree that no one is allowed to eat during this battle. Arur Ha'isha Sheyokal Lechem Ad Ha'era. Don't eat, but it says don't eat bread. And Yonatan, the sub Shaul, violated that decree, that curse. And he didn't eat bread, though. He ate Ya'arot Dvash, he had some honey, and that to give him strength, I guess, while he's about to go to, to battle. And it seems that even though what he ate was honey, he violated the rule of not eating lechem. Because lechem doesn't just mean bread, it means food in general. But we also see that the miraglim in the Midbar Yud Gimel, Pasuk Lamed Bet, the miraglim themselves use this term, and so does Yehoshua and Kalev when they apply to him. They say, that land that we passed through, Laturotat, to sort of scout it out, Eretz Ochelet Yoshvei. 
it devours its its inhabitants. So when you're talking about attacking someone, it uses the word ochelet. And when Yoshua and Kalev respond to that, they say, Ach Bashem Altimodu, don't rebel against God. Again, the Midbar Yudal it just said, Vatem Altiru, don't be afraid. Uh at Am I'm sorry, Altiru at Am Ha'arab ki lachmenu hem. Don't be afraid, Tiru is. Uh, don't be afraid of the people of that land. Ki lachmenu. They're our bread. We will devour them. We will conquer them. So the word lachmenu is sort of a double entendre. We will we will consume them, basically. Similarly, in Dvarim Perek Zayin, Zayin, Hashem tells us that when we go into Eretz Yisrael, this is of course post-Miraglim, post-Scouts and the spies, you're going to devour all those nations. So the word Lechol, the word Lechem, is also used uh, when it talks about conquer. Um, I saw that Yigal Yadin, a famous uh, archaeologist, politician, writer, he wrote a famous book on Masada and the Dead Sea Scrolls, and he thinks that the sickle that he found in the archaeology that he was doing is shaped like a mouth because war and eating are actually connected. Wow, that's um, interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. So, and um, we also see, we say every day in, uh, in the Hallelujahs, the second to last Hallelujah, Romo's El Bigronam, the they they raise up and pray, and as the Radak says, they're praying for the end of the Galut. They're praying for the the redemption. They're praying for the victory in in war. The biadam, and they have a sword, a sword of mouth. So really, what we normally assume cherev pifiot is plural because it's a double-edged sword, so it has two two blades on it. But still, you can't ignore the fact that when you talk about sword and we talk about mouth, that those are actually connected. But wow. even more so, I saw in a book online, I saw this, Yoshua uh, Steinberg, about 100 years ago, wrote a book called Mishpat Ha'urim, which is a dictionary related to Tanakh words. <clears throat> and he has five examples, including this one, where food and eating are connected to war. We have Lechem and Milchama, we saw Lazun is to to give sustenance to. So we also have in the Gemara the concept of listim mizuyan, armed robbers. Mizuyan uh, is is also a word for having weapons. Uh, the word tzayid we have here. Yigam tzeida lo asulahem. Is that in this week's parasha? Last week's parasha. That tzeida means food, but latsud also means to hunt. So obviously, but that's connected because you do hunting so that you have food. But um, and even the word teref, pet, reish, fei, which means to to uh, kill or to slaughter. All right, tarof, taraf, Yosef. Yaakov says when he first sees, thinks that Yosef was killed, and he was that he was devoured by an animal. We have teref, teref, levet of That teref is what we say in Mishlei in Eishet Kayo that she brings food right. for her for her church to eat. So that's also a connection. And finally, nun <clears throat> sabihe, which is um, like the word matzah could be connected to nun uh, sabihe, maybe. Um, and hanitza means to fight. Two people fighting, nitzim is also. So we have five examples of fighting and eating 
are actually connected. Very, very fascinating. How interesting is it that in this war that's happening now, we are paying so much attention, worldwide jury is paying so much attention to what our soldiers are in fact eating. And there's so many, <laughs> and there are so many, eff- there are so many efforts to make sure that the army and and there have been armies in history that have starved. There are armies in history mm-hmm. where lack of food has become a you know became a major issue in their attempt to battle against the enemy. Uh, but in this case, we are making every effort possible to make sure to feed the soldiers as much as possible, as high quality food as possible, and as often as possible so there is a direct connection between uh the ability to fight and defend the land uh and uh, having a good hearty nutritious meal Mm -hmm. and on that topic if i may one more little thing we talked about the possibility of talking about this i spoke to a friend of mine in israel i know him from camp mesher ehud alpert who works for the ministry of agriculture in israel and uh he explained to me that, that obviously they took a big hit in what's called the Otef Aza, the envelope of, of uh, communities around Gaza. And uh, certainly on the day, on that, those horrible, horrible days at the beginning of October, there was no electricity. As with no electricity, you can't water your, your plants. So the, tomato, the cherry tomatoes took a, a tremendous hit around uh, the Otef Aza, and they all died. They all died. They had just a few days, they didn't have electricity, and they all died. Uh, They're planting now uh, potatoes in that area successfully. Um, And uh, he told me that Yad Mordechai is, guess where, Yad Mordechai is just, just north of Gaza, very, very close. You can see Gaza from there very clearly, and, and Yad Mordechai has a bee farm. And they're having a lot of trouble. They're basically desolate. They don't really have people to, to help take care of their bees. Um, and uh, they themselves, by the way, uh, it's, it's a religious uh, yeshuv, Yad Mordechai. And they were saved really miraculously by just a few soldiers and, uh, and their own uh, security team on that horrible day, that Shabbat Hashkorah, they say, the black Shabbat of October 7th. Um, now he said the biggest problem now is up north where they really are not able to two things. Number one, their orchards are, uh, real, they don't have enough people to, um, to gather or to, to tend to really, and mostly to prune, gizum is the word for prune, to prune their peaches, afarsek is peaches in Hebrew. <clears throat> they don't have enough to, uh, help with other fruits. That are um, that are that they're really having a lot of trouble with those. Uh, he gave me a bunch of fruits, and I, I don't see them right now in my notes. Oh, he said that the part of the reason that they're having trouble is because tens of ten about ten thousand of the thirty thousand Thailandese in Israel who were helping them um, are gone. They left. Yeah. Uh, they left Israel, and they, they were a big. Uh, uh, they were a big part of it, so they uh, they took a real hit. About thirty to forty percent of those fruits, uh, peaches and and um, apricots, mishmish, and nectarines are having a lot of trouble. They need thousands, tens of thousands of people <clears throat> to do the pruning work that they need. I don't know if that's a hard thing to do to learn how to prune. But they really, I don't even think he said even with the volunteers, there's no way they're going to take like a thirty to forty percent 
pit over there. And even the cows grazing, because the tanks are all over the place in the Golan, a lot of people lost their cows because their fences were not down and, and they lost a lot of their grazing. They can't, producing eggs is a problem. There's not a lot of electricity sometimes. It's, uh, it's a big problem up there. Challenging situation in Israel, and as uh, Rabbi Kramer describes, every day we learn more and more about the challenges and the domino effect that all of this is happening on so many with so many industries, especially when it comes to produce, agriculture, farming, etc. Um, we have to do what we can to help our brothers and sisters during this time, whether it means physically heading over and volunteering, which people are doing, or of course uh, supporting our brothers and sisters during this very different. Tu Bishvat 5784. Uh, Rabbi Kramer, I thank you. Happy Tu Bishvat to you. Thanks for enhancing our Tu Bishvat with your contributions this morning. And uh, we should celebrate a uh, wonderful, peaceful Tu Bishvat next year. And we should all have a nice Amen. and we should all have a nice etrog this coming Sukkot, Bezrat Hashem. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Nachum, for everything. A pleasure, and thank you so much for joining us. Right, Benji Kramer here at JM and the AM on a Tubishvat morning. Uh, you know, Tubishvat is always, as we've said for many years, is always connected to Shabbos Shira. So I thought we'd do a couple of those selections for you here at JM and the AM.
As we often point out, Shabashira and uh, Tubishvat are always connected in some way, shape, or form. And of course, tomorrow is Erev Shabashira here at JM in the AM. Rabbi Stephen Przanski is going to join us tomorrow from Israel. We get an opportunity to get his perspective on what's happening um, in this crazy world of ours. He'll join us tomorrow here at JM in the AM. Um. Before the uh, Az Yashir by the Rabbi's Sons, you heard Az Yashir from Dudu Fisher, Az Yashir from Aryeh Kunstler here at JM in the AM. 
I'm trying to see here what else we have for everybody. We have a full schedule today here on a Thursday to Bishvat at JM and the AM and the Nahum Siegel Network. Coming up at 9 o'clock, it's Unlocking Greatness with Charlie Harari. The topic is the myth of easy and Parshas Bishalach. Jew in the City speaks with Allison Josephs at 10 o'clock. Thursday Live Lunch is going to be hosted by Avrami. That's right. He's in for Yossi today. Avrami hosts the Thursday Live Lunch beginning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Throwback Thursday will be a JM and the AM Tubishvat special from 18 years ago. If you tune in between 1 and 4 p.m. Eastern Time today, 18 years ago, 2005, pre-disengagement. Wow. So you'll hear our Tubishvat special from 18 years ago between 1 and 4 today. Wow. Uh, Kosher Terroir with Simon Jacob airs at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time with Rav Yaakov Avraham Shepard and his son Ovadia Jacob for a mystical Tubishvat Seder. Erev Shabbosheh with Mark Zamek, sponsored by our friends at Kedem, begins at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And Tani Gutterman after that with a brief discussion about the Torah portion of the week. Tani talks Parsha tonight after 10 p.m. Eastern Time here on the Nahum Siegel Network. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Siegel Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. Those of you who have not yet supported our 40th anniversary campaign, today's a good day for that. Nobody else celebrates Tubishvat the way we do and gives you the music and information to enhance your Tubishvat morning. If you have not yet supported us and uh, helped keep us going after 40 years, make it a priority for today. Go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org and support the work of JM and the AM and the Nahum Siegel Network. And, of course, we thank you. Go to fjbunity.org and tell your friends and relatives to do the same, fjbunity.org. We'll wrap things up on a Tubishvat morning here at JM and the AM.
Israel and Achimachem, our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at AchimSigl.com and the AchimSigl Network, and of course, the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing Tubishvat special here at JMM. My thanks for our Benji Kramer. Plenty coming up today, including Charlie Harari, who's next. Avrami in for Yassi at 11 a.m. Eastern Time at the live lunch. 6.30 p.m. for the Kosher Terroir. Simon Jacob with special guests for Tu Bishvat. 7 p.m. It's the Kedem presentation of the Arab Shabbat Show hosted by Mark Zamek. Tani talks Parsha after that, after 10 p.m. Eastern time here on the Nahum Siegel Network. Also, our throwback Thursday at 1 o'clock this afternoon is going to be our Tu Bishvat special from 18 years ago. Wow. Have a fabulous Thursday. Until tomorrow, Nahum Siegel reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future.